Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. On this channel, we talk all things real estate, property management, and mom life to keep you encouraged, inspired, and informed. So, without further ado, let's go. So, what I wanted to talk to you guys about today was how to collect rent owed after property acquisition right how do you okay so if you have a rent roll if you have a tenant occupied property that you just acquired right and you don't have the rent that's owed to you after the acquisition if this tenant is building a um a balance this is what I want to talk to you guys about today and I wanted to um, I wanted to kind of shine a light on some of the things that we can do because in this kind of situation it can be a little difficult navigating it and keeping costs down right so I think that's the overall purpose and I have to say I worked for a private investor and managed his portfolio. And in this, the team and I noticed that there were a lot of um, dues following the acquisition. Something wasn't transferred. Um, either the owner didn't transfer the, the funds or the property management didn't transfer the funds I had a tenant come uh, call me and tell me this man came to my door <laughs> the previous owner he came to my door and he said I've sold the building I need to collect rent from you why why would he need to collect rent do you get what I'm saying? I sold the building. I need to collect rent from you. One, it's not his. It's not his rightful money anymore. He shouldn't have been collecting, actively collecting. And two, we never received the money. So now this tenant is in legal and she doesn't know what to do because she's like this man came to my house and he was going to everyone's house and uh, to everyone's apartment and he took the money for the rent I paid it to him you guys need to consult with him about this money and then <laughs> it hit me I've been I was dealing with this lady for months finally after talking to her it hit me and I was like wow this is a problem because he owes us the money and I think that that is the most difficult part about property acquisitions especially if they're tenant occupied is we really don't know how to collect and this is important 
because if the tenant is on section 8 who are you going after for this money who's supposed to be paying the money essentially the tenant is responsible no section 8 is not responsible for paying their portion of the rent because at any given time this the tenant can lose their certification and they would be required to pay all of the rent not just a portion of the rent so I think the issue that lies here is um, is really understanding who to go to for collections who can we who can help us in this situation right uh, because one thing I love about property management is that in all of the in all of the industries in all of the industries that I've worked in in accounting property management is the only one that you can get a government bailout for property management is the only one you can get section 8 for and you can have someone else paying the bill ERAP you'd be surprised right because people think that ERAP is over and ERAP is not over um, we're in 2024 right what is this February of 2024 end of February of 2024 and ERAP is still paying out okay and it, reason being is if the tenant got that application in before the deadline then they're still in um, all, they're still on a wait list for ERAP payouts and ERAP is still paying out large portions of money large sums of money I mean in the $20,000 range $8,000 I haven't seen a small ERAP payment come in so I want to say that sure you can you can have those payments you can have those payments come in and um, and record them collect that way but if you're not able to do that then what you definitely want to do is you want to communicate with the previous owner once you communicate with the previous owner and you know for sure that you know this money is owed by this entity or this person or you this is the focus that you want to have uh, so yes communicating with the previous owner communicating with the respective section 8 office whichever or whichever subsidy office that this um, tenant may be uh, receiving subsidies for uh, from so but communicating with the previous owner 
this is going to have to be like very minimal communication, right? If you've already tried to communicate with the owner over and over and over again, it's not time to communicate with the owner anymore. I understand that you want to be nice. I understand that you don't. But listen, we don't do like collections after six months that we have to target who we're going after for this money um, because when it comes close to a time where uh, where you may not be able to collect money from escrow you don't want to meet that deadline right and escrow is kept for a year after the year the escrow is released you want to make sure that you are going after because listen one thing that the previous um, the private investor that I worked for used to say is somebody has to pay for it literally in payment someone needs to pay for it <laughs> and I remember th hearing that and I was like oh my gosh that's so harsh but listen the Bible says that it is evil not to collect do not fall into that trap. Do not believe that it, that you're just being, you know, a good old person, a good Samaritan, a good Christian, and because you're not collecting. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it's evil not to collect. So make sure you're going after your money. Make sure you, because how are you going to pay the bills? Do you get what I'm saying? You need money coming in so that you can keep a healthy cycle you know once if you have if you don't have the money coming in but you have the money going out this is going to stop your momentum you want to continue it's a cycle okay and God is all about healthy continuous cycles he is the um, the beginning and the end he's forever like he's a constant right and he's always going um, so what I want to tell you is, yes, we are communicating with the previous owner, but we're also um, making sure that we keep it to a minimum, too. What is your deadline? Nothing, first of all, I have to say this, right? If you are in a situation where, you know... If you're in a situation where you have receivables past due longer than two months, you're not going to be able to get a line of borrowing because your receivables has to be within a two-month period for the bank to consider it an asset. Any time that your receivables goes over 60 days, that starts to become what the bank categorizes as uncollectible money although we know we know if you've been in business for some time we know that after 60 days the money is still collectible but the bank does not the bank has guidelines so if you are gaining more momentum in your past due than in your current that's not good 
and then you're going to have issues. What happens when you have $3 million in the hole and all you're making and all you're bringing in is $3 million a month? You don't have a leg to stand on. You don't. Because that, it, it, it cancels each other out, right? A positive and a negative. So, the next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, following up with a phone call. You can follow up with a phone call. Uh, it is possible. I don't prefer it. I, I, I have to tell you guys, you want to keep phone calls at a minimum, okay? There could be something said in a phone call that you won't be able to record. But I will say this, there can be something said in a phone call that the person isn't able to say in an email. Okay, so take that into consideration, right? But a lot of your correspondence with the property, the previous um, owner is going to need to be recorded. Okay, so follow up with a phone call, but really keep it at a minimum. Also, think of how much you are going to be putting a an emphasis on the workload as opposed to on collecting the money, right? So is it worth it? it can you forgive it? Can you write it off to bad debt? Also, this is... If this is a tenant-occupied um, property, it's not going to be so easy to go and write something off to bad debt, right? But it's a consideration. You can. It's something you can do, you know? We can't rule out everything just because, you know, I don't think that is the best thing to do. I mean really finding out who is responsible for paying you the money is absolutely ultimately key and the tenant isn't always the one who owes the money in a property acquisition so protect your rights right the next thing i want to talk to you guys about was about protecting your rights um, and in this situation the way that you want to protect your rights is you want to seek legal counsel it okay so remember what I said you we want to keep it at a minimum right um, there was a, a previous property management group that I had a really great relationship with I was able to get a lot of my questions answered and I loved it. I loved it. I loved talking to the ladies over at the other management group. They gave me a lot of insight. Um, they taught me a couple of things that I didn't know about uh, New York City. And I really, really enjoyed like our conversations. We had really, um, it wasn't like, you know, we were, it wasn't like, you know, we were, we were besties and going out to tea, coffee and a glass of wine we weren't doing all of that but what we were doing was if I emailed 
one of the ladies over at the previous property management group, they were really, really polite. I, I had one who was not polite. And those, you, listen, <laughs> charge it to the game. Let it go. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Who cares? Because you know that ultimately you're getting what you want. Oh, brush it under the rug. This is not somebody that you have to deal with all the time. This is someone that you're dealing with on a case-by-case basis. So if they're rude to you, brush it under the rug. A soft answer turns away wrath, the Bible says. So we want to make sure that we're always getting what we want. But in the case that you have to seek legal counsel, I would definitely say write a letter and then send it to your lawyer's office. That's it. Write a letter, summing up the money owed, send it to your lawyer's office. You don't have to do anything more. It, it's very, is very cut dry, like, <laughs> it's a one-two step. Um, write the letter to your esquire, send it over to them, and then let them deal with it, let them deal with the demand, but also it's documented for the escrow. And we always, okay, if you go into a sale and you, one party puts, let's say, 500000 depending on the price of the property, because taxes is can skyrocket for um, the larger the property is, for the more expensive the property is, for wherever the property may be, in whichever, um, in whichever area then if the property is assessed at a higher value, your taxes will be higher, right? So uh, all of these things are, they're taken into account when escrow is put up. So when two parties come to the table and say, when the, the seller and the buyer come to the table and they're selling a property, let's say they put a million in escrow. Well, all of the money that that other property management group owes you if you're paying for it and they should have been paying for it then take it out of the escrow that's what the escrow is there for is there to protect you so all is not lost if you can't communicate with them for them to send you the money if all of these things it's okay it's okay you're going to be okay escrow is there for your cushion okay now it's always great to have mediation, right? It's always great to have a buffer, right? I, I, if you manage a tenant-occupied property, you have to take yourself completely out of this equation, and you have to act as the property management group. Simple as that. It's not about it's not about being deceiving. It's about having discretion. And, and guys, the Bible goes on and on about discretion. Discretion is key, right? You don't tell the right hand what the left hand is doing. You don't tell the left hand what the right hand is doing. You keep it to yourself. Keep it close to the chest. Protect yourself. Make sure that you're doing everything that legally is required, but also make sure that you are doing everything to collect. 
remember the person who doesn't collect is evil it's bible so this is what we're going to do to make sure that we stay on top of this situation okay now consider other options uh, a payment plan you know um you can go into a payment plan with the previous owner okay you know getting those payments in um which most of the time if they're managed by a property management group they're going to send you over a payments which is considerably important um and you know what i would say with collections i am a payment plan type of girl i love payment plans because you have to collections is a psychological game you have to consider the options for collecting the money that's all you're really after right and if they're having a hard time making the payment out which they shouldn't be right we get it right is right wrong is wrong but collecting the money is key i like to think about it like um because we're thinking of the psychology of collection you what you're trying to do essentially is is convince the person to give you the money without involving your lawyer without involving small claims court you know if you if you've already if you didn't catch the issue in time to go back and say hey no this is not what we're going to do and you know you need we need to and have contacted your your lawyer your attorney's office and said hey you know this person owes me money let's document it let's take it out of the escrow if you pass the time that the escrow was able to be held for i would consider a payment plan i would consider a payment plan if it drags out a little too long then yeah small claims court is is important it is important you know so but like i said the overall goal is to collect now learn from the experience you definitely want to level up from this experience go to the next experience and say you know what i want to make sure that i don't go through this again because after acquisitions guys i've seen past due receivables age for a year 6 months if you're not going after the right entity and remember an entity is a person the government considers businesses um and institutions people under the letter of the law so if you're not going after the correct entity you will continue to age in your receivables and this is not what we want to do it's not fun for business and without wanting to you can inevitably become a slumlord because if you don't have the money coming in how are you going to fix things that are happening with the tenant occupied units 
it's a doozy. So stay encouraged, guys. Stay inspired and stay informed. I think that what we can do from this situation is just learn and just make sure that it doesn't happen to us again or it doesn't happen to us from the beginning. Till next time, guys.